a cocktail museum, a restaurant built on an old chicken coop, and a speakeasy's secret password. This week, we're in New Orleans. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is the place where we explore the world's great foodie cities at DestinationEatDrink.com and here on the Destination Eat Drink podcast. This week, it's cocktails and great beer breweries in New Orleans. But first, if you like food and travel and who doesn't, sign up for the Destination Eat Drink newsletter. I keep you updated on everything Destination Eat Drink, including the podcast, but also the latest foodie stories I post on the website and my foodie travel videos, too. You can sign up for the monthly newsletter at DestinationEatDrink.com. My guest this week is Michelle Michonne from Bone Moment Tours in New Orleans. Her website is BoneMomentNola.com. Michelle takes hungry guests all over New Orleans to places like Frenchman Street, the Garden District, and the Bywater neighborhood. She tells me about the history of the famous Hurricane, as well as other great cocktails, and gives tons and tons of great restaurant and bar recommendations along the way, including some types of restaurants you might not associate with New Orleans, like Lebanese, Haitian, and Mexican joints. Then she talks about the Treme neighborhood and tells us about some terrific black-owned businesses that serve amazing food. Okay, I'm starving, so let's eat. Destination Eat Drink. Michelle Michon from Bon Moment tours in New Orleans. Thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. It's great to get to talk to you about one of my favorite cities in the whole world. I'm excited to, to share my favorite city in the whole world. <laughs> you know, when we lived in Austin, we used to go to New Orleans all the time. And one of the first things we do is we'd uh, check into our hotel on Royal Street and we would head immediately down to Frenchman Street, which is one of my favorite places to go to hang out, to listen to music. Let's start this conversation by talking about Frenchman Street, because I know that you go there on your tour. Um, what makes this a great place to go in New Orleans? Yeah, so uh, when was the last time you went? Oh, see, now it's been a while because we moved out of Austin yeah. in 2018, so it's been at least five years. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, Frenchman street, you know, I grew up here, I grew up in New Orleans and we would go down there when I was a teenager. Um, and it's really was where you went to go hear live music and escape the tourists of the French quarter and the tourists have gotten word of it. <laughs> so it's a lot more crowded. Um, in addition to that, some of the older, like the food plate, one of the, one of the restaurants probably in connection went away and it was replaced by a Bourbon Street chain, a chicken, fried chicken chain. And then in response to that, uh, people started selling drinks out of windows at some of the bars. And so it's become a little bit more like Bourbon Street than I think a lot of the tourists would like and the locals would like. It's become, it's kind of gathered that crowd. The word has gotten out about it. Um, so it's kind of like the new Bourbon Street and it's not, sort of infrastructurally sound enough to be a new Bourbon Street, the French Quarter gets sprayed with disinfectant every morning. <laughs> but Frenchman Street does not. So Frenchman Street is, uh, for those that don't know the uh, sort of geography of the city, it's, it's just 
outside of the French border. It's the beginning part of the, the neighborhood known as the Marigny. And it's just four blocks of music clubs. But um, just be prepared that it doesn't smell great and don't wear open toe shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend, well, I want to forewarn people because I don't want them to go down there and think, oh, man, this is another bourbon shoe. I want to let people know there's other places to see music. But if you want to go to Frenchman Street, Sunday through Thursday um, is a great time to go. Try to avoid it late night on Friday and Saturday. It really turns into a bit of a, a, a like a Bourbon Street environment Friday night and Saturday night after 10 o'clock. Um, so go oh, try, you know, if you have your trip planned, try to pick a Sunday through Thursday to go and try to go to the six or seven o'clock shows or during the day even in some of the two o'clock shows. Um it tends to be there. It's only four blocks, and there's a, a handful of clubs that are in those four blocks. There's uh, the Spotted Cat, there's CBA, there's Cafe Negril, there's Bambulas. Like, you, you don't have to write all this down if you're listening because you're going to be able to find it. They're just. Uh, it starts with uh, the corner at that light. It's a fire station across the street, and it goes about four blocks, and you kind of know once you hit Washington Square Park that it's kind of over. So it's really easy to navigate, which is a real big part of the appeal to people. And the fact that we traditionally have not charged cover in most of these bars. It is a two drink minimum for some of them, but that's not strictly enforced. Most people are going to drink anyways, so they don't charge a cover. And so the good thing is, is some of these places have three shows a day and you can bop in and out from bar to bar. You're not allowed to bring outside drinks in, but you can still bop in and out of bars and check out different bands just to see what, you know, tickles your fancy that day. Um, and then go back and be like, okay, I really like this band at this bar that's playing right now. Let's hang out here. And you're not investing all this money and time into, you know, you're not buying a ticket to a show. You're kind of having that experience that New Orleans used to be where you um, are able to hear music out on the street, walk down the street, hear a bunch, have a bunch of different options right there. Um, that's kind of what Bourbon Street used to be. So you can still have that experience. But like I said, just it's better to go during the weekdays. Um, and it's more like Dixieland jazz. So it's sort of these early... Um, it's kind of the music you would have heard, like swing dance style, um, uh, or or like a, a, like clarinet players and cornet players, and so it's like a sit down sort of. That's the jazz that people associate with New Orleans. That's what you're going to hear on Frenchman Street in those early shows. Later shows are going to be brass band shows. So um, and there's a lot of cover bands and things like that too, but less than there are on Bourbon Street. So if you would like to see music in New Orleans. There's two things you can do. It's hit Frenchman Street on a night that has a lot going on um, one night and just kind of have no plan, just go in and out of places. And another night, what you can do, what I always tell tourists and look, people looking for live music in New Orleans, we have a radio station here called WWOZ. And great station. Uh, I love WWOZ. It has, it has like more followers outside of the United States <laughs> than it does in New Orleans itself. It's just because of the number of people in New Orleans. But we have their, they, their like fundraiser on WWOZ is like people from Japan, the Netherlands, like people love New Orleans that live elsewhere and they have a passion for our city. And so they really try to keep this radio station alive. They're also a huge jazz fest sponsor. So that helps that they have a listing called Livewire, L-I-V-E-W-I-R-E. So if you Google the WWZ Livewire, most bands will advertise, most venues will advertise um, what they got going on that night in the Livewire. Now, the difference is that all the venues are alphabetized, which isn't going to help you if you're not familiar with the city. But the good thing about the Livewire is that um, you just can go through it and find a band that sounds really great. Maybe YouTube it, 
see if they've got anything on YouTube and decide that it's for you or not. And then just catch an Uber there. Just catch a taxi or an Uber there. And um, so there's places outside of French Quarter and Frenchman Street that have great music like Bullets, Howlin' Wolf, Mother-in-Law Lounge, which is Kermit Ruffin's place, La Bonton Roulet, which is uptown. Tipitina's has shows. So you don't have to just, you know, you have your Frenchman Street experience, which is kind of a one and done, like, oh, it's very convenient. But it is really rewarding to find shows outside of the French Quarter and, um, you know, come and see music with the locals. So Howlin' Wolf has brass bands and brass bands are just, they're sort of like a, they're kind of affiliated with like a marching band sort of idea. It's, it's guys that played in marching bands usually together in high school and they play sort of a modern version of bra- of, of jazz, I guess. Um, brass bands, uh, some famous ones are Rebirth Brass Band, Dirty Dozen, Hottie. Um, they usually have the word brass band in their name and it's very danceable. They like to do covers of like 70s and sometimes they'll do rock covers, which is really cool. So um, that's a more lively show. So if you see any brass bands on the docket on a live wire listing while you're here, definitely try to go catch one. Um, and you'll definitely meet a lot more locals and you'll have a more danceable, upbeat time. Now, sometimes those bands will start really late. Most of those shows start at 10 or 11, but just drink a coffee and put your big boy pants on. <laughs> try to make it happen because it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Uh, Rebirth Brass Band used to play at Maple Leaf Cafe when I was growing up in high school and stuff in uh, college. And going to a Rebirth Brass Band show was sort of a rite of passage for Tulane students. I wasn't a Tulane student, but it's sort of a rite of passage for people in their 20s in New Orleans um, to go to a brass band show and sweat it out with a bunch of locals. Um, it's, it's amazing. So um, I do want to plug one more place in the Frenchman Street area, the Marigny Frenchman Street, that is awesome. It's a hidden gem. Um, if you are a beer person, there is a tiny little brewery called Brew Carré, and it's brew spelled in the weird French way that we like to spell stuff down here, B-R-I-E-U-X-C-A-R-R-E. It's a play on the Vu Carré, which is the original name of the French Quarter, um, but it's this teeny tiny neighborhood brewery that's just off of Frenchman Street, and uh, you, you go in there, and there's a lot of locals. There's a lot of people that live in the neighborhood having, they have glass, that, or have uh, signs that they bring in. Um, so I, I, if you're a beer person, it's a, it's a do not miss in the French quarter, near the French quarter. Great place to hear about. And those are the kinds of places that we love to talk about here on this podcast. Um, and since we're talking about, uh, alcoholic drinks, let's talk about cocktails. Um, what kind of cocktails would we have Frenchman street or otherwise when we come down to New Orleans, what are some of your favorites? I mean, you know, everyone knows about hurricanes and you go into Bourbon street and you get these giant these hand grenades yeah. and, and, and all that yeah. crap. But but let's talk about the real ones that we get when we come yeah. down to New Orleans. Yeah. So um, the Frenchman Street, part of the what has driven locals away from Frenchman Street is the price of cocktails has really gone up after COVID. And in New Orleans, expensive cocktails mean $15. I know in some other parts of the world, $20 a cocktail is normal. That is not how it is in New Orleans. You can get a $3 well drink at Grand Pre on Rampart. <laughs> so we're not used to $20, $15. They just, they know more tourists are coming. So they know they can kind of get those high dollar items. So Bourbon Street cocktails, you're going to want to avoid those if you're over the age of like, I don't know, 25, because <laughs> there are a lot of sugar and there are a lot of Everclear. So you really don't need to be drinking. Um, you know, it's, everybody likes to say they have to do this. They have to do that when they travel. You don't have to drink that stuff on Bourbon Street. You don't have to be all this time on Bourbon Street. It's going to give you a headache. It's full of sugar and cheap liquor. Um, drink your way through quality drinks in New Orleans. So places, uh, some of my sort of hidden, there's, you know, everybody knows about the Carousel Bar and the Hotel Montpellier. Um, 
the carousel bar gets a lot of press. It's a beautiful cocktail bar. It's been run by some amazing cocktailiers. <laughs> uh, but some of those folks have moved on from um, the carousel bar to start their own places. So one of my favorite is Jewel of the South, which you'll find on the edge of the French Quarter near the Treme uh, side of the French Quarter near Rampart Street. Um, Jewel of the South is run by some great cocktail experts. Um, who wanted to bring back sort of classic cocktails like the Brandy Crusta, which I believe is the predecessor to the sidecar. Um, but they take their cocktails very seriously. It's Chris Hanna um, and some other, uh, he's, I forget who he found it with, I think Nick Dietrich from Cane and Table. Cane and Table is another great cocktail program. Sylvain is a great cocktail program. There's a new place called Will in the Way. That whole family of restaurants, it really caters to people in the service industry who take cocktails very seriously. Um, also in the French Quarter, there's Monolito, which is Cuban-inspired drink. So those are all cocktail places that people would not think they would go to um, in New Orleans. <laughs> They're used to getting a hurricane on Bourbon Street. Now, the hurricane, you said, you know, everybody knows about it, but people don't really know about it. The hurricane gets its name from being um, a prohibition drink that at the old Pat O'Brien's, which is not the building they have now, you would knock on the door uh, to get into the prohibition bar, the speakeasy, and you would say, the secret word to get in was look like a storm's a brewing. And if you said <laughs> looks like a storm's a brewing, that's how they let you in. <laughs> and so all of their drinks were named after um, cocktails are named after storms. Uh, so New Orleans is the birthplace of the cocktail. I highly recommend anybody interested in alcohol history in New Orleans. There's a lot to say. We could do a whole podcast on it. But there's a book called Lift Your Spirit that's written by Liz Williams. Um, of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. And she's amazing. And that book is awesome. It tells you little stories about New Orleans history, and then it gives you a recipe. Um, and so you'll get a lot of explanation about our famous cocktails like the Ramus Gin Fizz, which is a lesser known but definitely worth trying cocktail in New Orleans. Um, the Hurricane, of course. Uh, the, um, the Sazerac, which is our signature uh, city drink. Sazerac is, people either know it or they don't. Um, before you drink a Sazerac in New Orleans, I recommend you go to the Sazerac House, which is a free museum on the corner of Canal and Magazine. It takes about an hour to go through. Um, it's free, like I said, and it gives you the history of apothecaries and coffee houses as it relates to cocktailing in New Orleans, how the first cocktails came to be in the history of the Sazerac, and the history of the monks in the Caribbean introducing rum and how rum was run. So it's a super interesting free museum. It's brand new. It's only a few years old. Um, so, And then you can go have a Sazerac. Uh, you know, there's a few places in the city to try one. If you, all I can say is if you get one that's like shaken, that's not for you. If you get one that has chips of ice in it, it's not made well. Um, so Sazerac, you want to, you don't want to drink it out of a plastic cup. You don't walk into a dive bar and ask for a Sazerac. You want to go to a nice bar and have them make you, um, one if it's on their menu. So that's, that's my advice for that. Um, but yeah, you can drink your way through New Orleans pretty easily, but make sure it's quality. It's a, it's a, you know, I think the saying is it's a marathon, not a sprint. So <laughs> drink quality, drink quality, not quantity. Right, right. And, you know, 25-year-olds on uh, bachelor or bachelorette parties, maybe they're not listening to this podcast. So they, Yeah, there's a place for, you know, there's a place for that. They're, they're going to they're gonna try to drink all the alcohol in the city. They're going to fail. Um, but, you know, I think, like, my tours tend to draw a certain kind of customer because I don't do the French Quarter. Um so, you know, that's, I, there's a big, big uh, business for people outside of that 20-year-old bachelor, bachelorette sort of vein. And then also people are getting married later. There's a lot of older bachelors and bachelorettes that I've been giving tours to that are like, yeah, we walked down Bourbon Street. That was enough for us. And like, the city offers plenty beyond that. So, 
yeah, don't 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 let the uh, sort of uh, the stereotype fool you. Same thing with Mardi Gras. Like Mardi Gras is great. People think it's you know a certain thing and thinks the girls gone wild and all this, but we're so much more than that. <laughs> well, yeah. let's let's talk <laughs> let's talk about Mardi Gras a little bit because I've never been to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I've come down for the Jazz Fest. That was fantastic. That was a great uh, weekend that we had. But I've never been down for uh, for Mardi Gras. So as a local, yeah. what what's your what's your takeaway from Mardi Gras? I mean, you know, when I when I when I talk to locals, they love it or yeah. they hate it. You know, it, it's like or they get out of town. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what <laughs> they, I was going to say because when yeah. when we lived in Austin, it was the same thing with Austin city limits. There were people who were like, "All right, I'm going to take right. these two weeks off work and I'm going to go down and I'm going to experience everything," or they're like. I'm renting my house out to some tourists, making a bunch of money, and I'm going to get yeah, the hell yeah. out of town for the for two weeks. Yeah. Well, I think the difference with me, and I think most people that grow up in New Orleans, like you know, it's part of your your, your childhood and your adolescence. It's kind of allowed. It's a street party. So, as an adolescent, you're allowed to sort of run the streets for the first time and not be under adult supervision. But everybody has that sense of community where adults are looking out for other people's kids. So you're allowed a little more freedom. So we have that affiliation with it in our, in our heads. And so we have a certain, um, you know, a certain uh, a nostalgia for that. And, and it's the smells and the noise and the, I mean, it's very exciting when you're young. So the, the problem that happened in the eighties, um, you know, girls gone wild came down to new Orleans and they filmed in the French quarter during Mardi Gras. And what they filmed was a bunch of tourists. And they filmed a bunch of teenage kids or a bunch of young women um, visiting like like a spring break situation. So, of course, Girls Gone Wild is known for topless shots. So that's kind of how the reputation that Mardi Gras became was that it was just an adult thing for like partying and party kids and spring break. And that's not um, necessarily the experience you have to have. So actual Mardi Gras, the actual parades leading up to Mardi Gras Day don't go through the French Quarter. The French Quarter streets are too small for any of these big floats. So they actually turn around on canal. So what you see when you see these big floats and people throwing bees, that doesn't happen in the French Quarter. So people that are local don't go to the French Quarter at Mardi Gras because why? <laughs> we, we know what the quarter is like. We don't see the, we're here to see the parade. So the parade, um, there's a few different routes, but the one I stick to because I live uptown is the one uptown that goes um, down St. Charles Avenue. Uh, so all this Mardi Gras, first of all, isn't just one day. It's about, it starts January 6th, which I think you were here for, um, Joan d'Arc parade. The Joan d'Arc parade is yes. January 6th. is the kickoff of carnival season. So yes, the 12th yes. night is technically the kickoff. Um, there's also a streetcar parade that I ride on. Um, there's the, uh, funky uptown crew, which is what I ride with that rides the streetcar and just throw, um, decorated records. Um, oh, January cool. 6th. Yeah, we're new. We're new. We've only been around a few years. It's been around five years or so. And then uh, there's also Funny 40 Fellows, which is another streetcar cruise. So that's when we kick off Mardi Gras is January 6th. And then there's kind of a snooze period. And then in, in a few weeks later, there's what is now the first parade of Mardi Gras officially is Chewbacca's, which is a walking crew for nerds and, you know, everything, everything nerdy, geeky. Um, <laughs> it's a play on Bacchus uh, and Chewbacca. Uh, it's an amazing crew. So if you happen to be in New Orleans between January 6th and Mardi Gras Day, which moves because of... Uh, Easter moves and it's the day right. before Lent, mm -hmm. so it moves with the calendar. Um, just it, don't shun the Mardi Gras parades because honestly, you're probably here at the best time. 
to experience a Mardi Gras parade if you're here any of the time before Mardi Gras weekend. Um, Mardi Gras weekend is pretty much like the Thursday to Tuesday period right before Mardi Gras day that Tuesday. Um, so ahead of that, though, there's parades Friday night. There's like you'll have several crews parade one each night. So Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So there's just crew on crew on crew, parade following parade following parade. And the streets stay closed the whole time. Be prepared that you can't get around. Bring really good shoes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's the whole, the Mardi Gras day, the whole city shuts down. But leading up to Mardi Gras day, um, all of those parades that you go to, you know, just be prepared to walk to them, maybe rent a bicycle or buy a cheap bike at Walmart and leave it for your Airbnb host or whatever. Like, um, getting around can be a bit of a headache, but it's totally worth it. It's, uh, it's a, it's a spectacle. It's a street party and a spectacle. People don't like it that don't like crowds. So if you're not into crowds, sure, Mardi Gras is not going to be necessary. But if you don't mind sitting, you know, sitting an afternoon, sitting on the neutral ground, which is our median, uh, having some beers, playing cards, meeting neighbors, eating food, listening to music. My friend brings a four square. They bring a chalk and a ball out to the street and they play four square with the kids and adults. And it's just, it's a neighbor, it's a block party in like the best way. So um, yeah, all of the bad reputation of Mardi Gras, you know, it just gets some, some bad press, but it's definitely, it's worth a try. If you happen to be in town and lucky enough, there's a, uh, a website I think you link to, link to for Mardi Gras parade times and date, and there's an app that tells you where they are and how close they are to arriving. So um, if you happen to be in town in New Orleans, sometime between January 6th and Mardi Gras Day, just check it out and ask people if there's a parade coming up that weekend. Um, even the walking parades are rad. Like Chewbacca's is really cool. Um, the walking parades are ones that don't involve those big floats, and they do cut through the quarter, um, and they involve handmade throws, and a lot of times they're very, like, subversive and snarky and funny um so yeah just be let it be part of your experience <laughs> i love that name chewbacca that's so funny it's so great <laughs> <laughs> let's uh yeah. let's move on to another neighborhood because you guys do a tour in the garden district as well um what makes the garden district special um i had a tour in the garden district this morning and it's by far my most popular tour um it is i'm in the irish channel neighborhood which butts up against the garden district and what makes it special is it's a neighborhood that's been around since the early 1800s. It's basically an early luxury suburb for Americans and Europeans that moved here after the Louisiana Purchase. Um, Louisiana Purchase, all the immigrants and Americans that moved here settled in the area between Canal Street and what is now Calliope, uh, which is by the World War II Museum. Um, all of that area became the American sector. And the American sector and the warehouse district were kind of where all the like loud, noisy, smelly business of New Orleans was done on the river. And so people moving here that are coming from places that were like long, elaborate plantations or estates in Europe, they didn't want to move into this crowded section of town. And so that's how the Livaday Sugar Plantation becomes decommissioned and split up into streets, into a neighborhood. And each block that was made by these streets, they cut into four, that block, and each quarter lot of land was what you could buy and then build your house on. Um, but you couldn't buy less than that. So you had to have enough money to buy a quarter of a block, lot of land, and then build your house on it. And then, of course, you probably didn't want your house on the whole thing because you might have to sell it someday to make money. So you would build your garden next to it. So that's how it gets the name Garden District. Um, and it's known for these big elaborate mansions. Um, that's why the neighborhood started the way it is. Um, throughout time, people sold off pieces of their land. And so that fourth of block rule didn't apply anymore. And so now you have a big variety of architecture alongside these big, gorgeous mansions. So um, it's an awesome spot for architecture. 
uh, streets are easy to navigate because they're named like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or Washington. Um, so between Jackson and Washington, between Magazine Street and St. Charles where the streetcar is, you can kind of just walk around and look at architecture. Um, Britannia Street's great for that. Um, so if you're an architecture person, that's a great like afternoon stroll for you if you take a break from eating and drinking. And then um, the street that divides my neighborhood, the Irish Channel, which is a few blocks towards the river and um, the Garden District is Magazine Street. And Magazine Street is known for local shopping. It runs the entire length of uptown. All the street names change at Canal. So the streets in the quarter are named and beyond are named one name, like Bourbon and Royal and Dauphine, all this. The streets on the other side of Canal are named differently. So one side will be Magazine Street. One side will be, I think it's Royal. So Magazine Street, you can walk all through the business district, which was the American sector. And then once you cross past the World War II Museum under the overpass, you're in the Garden District. And there's, from that point on, <laughs> there's shopping on Magazine Street. There's beautiful houses. There's breweries. There's a ton of breweries on the river. Um, some of my favorite breweries in this neighborhood are Miel, M-I-E-L, which is teeny tiny. NOLA, which is near it, uh, one block away. Urban South, which is very popular. Uh, Courtyard Brewery, which is uh, closer to the beginning of the Garden District. It's the uh, Upper Garden. Um, so, I'm sorry, it's Lower Garden. Uh, it's uh, a little, it's just, it's a small little, uh, very casual brewery that not a lot of people know about, the Courtyard Brewery. And then also up in that neighborhood is Happy Raptor Rum Distillery, which is also a teeny tiny rum distillery that's locally owned. Um, so starting from that point on, there's lots to eat and do. So Magazine Street, basically, I tell people, don't necessarily do your souvenir shopping and your memento shopping in the French Quarter. Because you might, you're paying too much for a lot of stuff. You might be buying stuff that's from China. You know, there's a few stores in the quarter that are uh, locally made goods. But um, there's also a lot that aren't. Magazine Street is where a lot of people who are in the quarter that have locally owned shops where they started. <laughs> so yeah, some of, of my favorite. They're yeah, really hip yeah. and cool, too. Yeah, it's, it's very like. So one of my favorite places to shop on Magazine Street is Zelle, Z-E-L-E. -E. I think it's called, pronounced Zelle because it's got a little accent above the E. I never asked them, though. But it's Z-E-L-E. -E, <laughs> and it's an artist co-op. And some of those artists now have shops in the quarter. So there's... Uh, uh, the Artist Co-op Dell, there's uh, Slowdown, which is vintage right next to them. There's Lionheart Press, which is handmade, uh, hand-printed uh, uh, cards and stationery, like cards and stuff that are really funny and snarky. She has a shop in the quarter. Um, and then there's uh, Flirty Girl, which there's a few Flirty Girls in New Orleans, but Flirty Girl's great. I'm a one-stop shopper. I want to go into one place and buy a bunch of stuff for people. Um, so between Flirty Girl and Z-E-L-E, Zell, um, those are great for one-stop shopping. And then for traveling, because you don't have a lot of luggage space, I recommend Lionheart Press because it's stationary and cards, and so those are really easy to carry around. And Nola Couture, which has also, like Furry Girl, a bunch of shops all over the city. Nola Couture does neckties and bow ties and scarves and things like that and socks with, like, little po'boys on them or little crawfish or little oysters. Um, so it's a great New Orleans souvenir that's not obnoxious. <laughs> Um, Florida Girl also has really good t-shirts. Um, there's a lot of obnoxious t-shirts in the quarter. Please don't buy those. Um, go to Florida Girl. Get something fun. Uh, the uh, Dirty Coast also does a lot of shirts, and they're actually in the airport as well if you need some last-minute gifts. Dirty Coast and Florida Girl are both, I believe, in the airport. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of information. But, yeah, basically, up Garden District is architecture, breweries, um, the shopping, small business shopping, and then some restaurants that I really like. 
um, if you're allowing me to, to ramble on about them. Sure. Uh, there is, <laughs> there's a, so there's a happy hour, oyster happy hour on Mondays at a place called Basin. There's a place that I take my tours to called Joey K's. And Joey K's is like a, it's a very local spot. They have people in there every day that they know by name. Uh, you're going to be treated like a local if you go in there. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little shy to put it out there because I don't want them to get overwhelmed becoming very, very famous. But they were on like diners, drives, and whatever with Spieri. <laughs> but Joey K's is a great place for lunch. Uh, Basin for their oyster happy hour. Turkey and the Wolf, which won uh, best new restaurant. I think it was in Saver. Um, they have a collards green sandwich that is really, really good that you would never necessarily think you should eat. But the collard green sandwich at Turkey and the Wolf. And then if you want to do dinner or a happy hour, there's a place called Achafalaya, um, which is hard to spell, but it's on Louisiana Avenue. And it's the only restaurant kind of between Magazine and the river um, on Louisiana. And it's uh, A-T-C-H-A-F-A-L-A-Y-A. But they have a happy hour on the weekend. And like 50 cocktails on that happy hour menu, like nice cocktails um, that like classic. Yeah, they, they basically have an amazing brunch. They have an amazing dinner and they needed to kill time between lunch and dinner with full staff. And so the happy hour, I think it's Thursday through Monday. And they're like, you get like a really nice prohibition cocktail, like classic cocktail for like five bucks. Mm. Um, so a chapel up and then stick around for dinner. And then Grigri is my other favorite dinner restaurant. G-R-I-S, G-R-I-S. The chef there, Eric Cook, is is getting well known around the city, and he's fabulous. There's a bakery bar, which is really fun. It's a bakery and a bar. It sounds exactly it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, there's barrel proof for whiskey lovers, and then for brunch for breakfast, there's places like Surrey's, S U R R E Y S, and there is um, uh, Slim Goodies on Magazine Street. Slim Goodies is awesome. Uh, I recommend not going to Ruby Slipper if they get enough attention. Um, from tourists, and I don't think they're that great. But Surrey's locals really love Surrey's and some goodies. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of people hear about Shia also when they're coming to town. Don't go to Shia, go to Saba. That's actually Alan Shia's restaurant now. Um, S A B A. I know people don't come to New Orleans to eat Israeli food or Mexican food, but um, Saba is really, really good Israeli. And Lengua Madre is another new Mexican cuisine that uh, a restaurant it's a tasting menu that's like making a lot of waves in the city and I, I i feel bad when people come to new orleans and like well i just want to eat new orleans food just eat good food and two good restaurants in new orleans that are not necessarily on everybody's radar are saba and lingua madre wow lots of great great <laughs> recommendations michelle i'm so glad that you're you're just like boom 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 all of them right after and one after the other yeah well, i keep thinking of net, like new ones when i'm talking and i'm like damn okay we're going to talk about this one cuz it's so good yeah these are all i love supporting my local restaurants and local businesses um cuz i want people to come to new orleans and have like a local experience and not just stick to the tourist stuff because that's just it's you know it's not um it's not it's it's not the full experience. I want to get people out of the French border. I want to have people try things like Israeli and a Mexican tasting menu that's like woman, a woman chef <laughs> and take those experiences back with them. What about uh, another neighborhood, the Treme neighborhood in New Orleans? I love hanging out there as well. Yeah, the Treme is uh, a neighborhood that's adjacent to the French border that uh, is the oldest black neighborhood in the city. Or I'm sorry, in the country. 
the oldest black neighborhood in the country. Uh, it's been continuously lived in. So it's where the free people of color uh, lived. And uh, the, you know, it's a neighborhood. So when you're walking around and looking at stuff, but there's a lot of tours that you can take of that neighborhood. And that's what I recommend. So you don't miss anything. There's the Backstreet Cultural Museum is over there. Some of my favorite restaurants in the neighborhood are Little Dizzy's. So if you're really looking for a restaurant that's local, that people are like, you know, you walk in the door and people are like, hey, my baby, how are you doing today? What can you get? You know, like very New Orleans comfort awesome. food. You're, you're looking at, yeah, people people really want that when they come here. They don't know where to go because quarter makes it too too deceptively like that. But a real place like that is Little Dizzy's, L-I-L Dizzy's, D-I-Z-Z-Y. It's built on uh, uh, Wayne Banquette's grandfather's chicken coop land uh, in the Treme. And, uh, yeah, it's open only like 11 to three. So maybe go for like an early lunch at 11. And there's also a new, you know, Haiti is a really big part of New Orleans for a long time that, you know, Hey, there's not a lot of Haitian history anymore in New Orleans. It got really disappeared after the Haitian revolution. Um, but there's a Haitian restaurant in the Treme by a young man, uh, who used to be, uh, at a food stall in St. Rock Market, uh, and the place is called Fritai, F-R-I-T-A-I. And that's in the Treme and he's doing Haitian food. Uh, he's Haitian and doing Haitian food, and that's definitely also worth a trip out. Um, and then those are both black-owned businesses, which has a bonus as well. Uh, in uh, in Mid-City, there is a place called Niao's, which is another black-owned business that has amazing New Orleans food, too. This is New Orleans food with its, like, black culture. You need it to have it owned and served by black folks in New Orleans. These are the places you want to go. Um, there's quite a few, you know, be sure to Google, like, black-owned businesses in New Orleans and be sure to to visit a few of those for food, but those are my top three or little dizzies for Thai and knee out. Um, so yeah, if you, if you wander around uh, to the Treme, try to take a tour so you can not miss anything. Uh, a good place to find tours is uh, Airbnb experiences. There's a lot of locals. Oh, it's only locals that are not big companies that work through Airbnb experiences to offer tours about things like voodoo, things like uh, jazz and, and the Treme and, and things like Storyville. There's also a queer history tour of New Orleans. There they talk about the Uptown Fire, um, which is an amazing, interesting, uh, not amazing, but interesting history of New Orleans uh, that was the largest uh, uh, tragedy and killing of uh, LGBTQI or LGBTQ plus people um, before the Pulse nightclub. So you can find a lot of those interesting tours for sort of more niche market and more intimate tours um, with Airbnb experiences, which personally, I'm not here to plug Airbnb, but I, I you find a lot of good like experiences with locals um, there. Well, Michelle from uh, Bone Moment Tours, thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. But I mean, we've covered so much stuff and you've given us so many great recommendations, but I still want to talk to you about beignets and Cafe Olays and uh, uh, Mufaladas and all these other yeah. great things in New Orleans. Would you come back next week and do some more New Orleans with us? I would love to. I would love to have, I could go on. I can make my whole podcast with you for the next couple of years if you want. No, I'm just okay. <laughs> I'd love to be back. I would love to be back. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. There you go. Michelle gave so much great information. 
And if you're planning a trip to New Orleans, be sure to look her up at bonemomentnola.com. I've also got a link to her website and all the great places she talked about in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash ded242. And like I said, Michelle will be back next week for more New Orleans. While you're waiting for that show, get over to destinationeatdrink.com. I just posted a story about something called Convent Suites, that is, pastries that were invented in the convents, in this case, of Evra, Portugal. Get that story at destinationeatdrink.com slash conventsuites, or go to destinationeatdrink.com slash blog. While you're there, you can also sign up for the Destination Eat Drink newsletter or make a small contribution. Just click on the Contribute button. And I just posted a new video. This one is a food crawl in Porto, a great foodie city with a brand new remodeled market right downtown. We also look at the magnificent tile murals of Porto. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the Videos tab or go to my YouTube channel at DestinationEatDrink946. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who adds scotch to his hurricane, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.